ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Super Steve Barber. I had to go with that this time, Dwellin. And joining me as always, my awesome co-host, the intellectual rock star himself, delicious Dwellin Davis. Hey, everybody. And for those of y'all watching on YouTube going, okay, who's that down at the bottom? Well, that we have been talking about having him on the show now ever since we started the series on why we are fans. And we always said, this man is going to be next as soon as we can get our schedules, <laughs> our schedules straight. Yeah. Yeah. It was never, it was never you. It was life just got crazy and we just yeah. couldn't, couldn't get our stuff together. So <laughs> and, and as soon as we could actually guarantee we could be reporting, yeah. you know, <laughs> we said, okay, we're going to have bear Herman Cade, also known as bear, which I want to give a nod to the Nate land podcast. Hey bear. I don't know if you if you know what the Nate land podcast is, but yes, sir. Yeah, so you know what a hay bear is then. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which makes sense because you're out of Knoxville, Tennessee, but you are part of the Wrestling Society podcast. Yes, sir. Wrestling uh, Society Network, actually. That's true. And, uh, yeah, we are just, like we always say, <clears throat> we're just wrestling fans that get a blessing to be able to talk about it. Oh, yeah. sounds like us. And as we were discussing <laughs> yeah. before the show, um, we're discussing a lot, whole lot of nerdy stuff. We almost um, <laughs> really lost track of time. You know, I was like, well, we got to record at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we discovered that Bear is a lot like me and Dwaylon because all about video games and all about comic books. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just nurse it. And if you say you're a big music fan, that'll just. Yeah. I won't even tell. I won't even tell y'all how many songs I have on my computer. Uh, see, you know, and plus we're also talking about all the medication we have to take because apparently we're all. Old now. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's what that's what uh, my wife and kids tell me. Anyway, I'll be fifty this year, so. Yep, and I'm right behind Waylon. And yep. same here, fifty July. <laughs> oh, same July what? Ten. Mine's the sixteenth. Ah! that, see. <laughs> oh, uh, but before we really get started on the, the topic, one of the things our good friend Ted the Hillbilly Hill kind of pointed out is a lot of people don't make it to the end of an episode, and so we want to go ahead and let people know how they can find the Wrestling Society Network podcast, everything associated with it. So your contact listing info, how can they find you, social media, everything, just give it to us. Woo. Well, um, you can find us on Facebook uh, at uh, the Wrestling Society uh, Network. That's on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel, and uh, it's also the Wrestling Society Network. We have uh, <laughs> we have Instagram. We have. Uh, Oh good, and y'all got to give me uh give me a break because I'm a little old, so the mind runs a little <laughs> slower sometimes. Yeah. Instagram, uh, we have uh oh goodness, I can't even think. We we have a, all different social medias. Let me put it like that. Um, I have a personal page on Facebook. Uh, a bear of a wrestling fan. I give my opinions find out different things so hey please join and i appreciate everyone and what one of the things i think is actually kind of cool is dwaylon actually met your 
uh, your coworkers, your co-hosts, you know, from Wrestling Society at SummerSlam uh, last yep. summer, which occasionally Dwayne likes to remind all of us that he was able to go to SummerSlam. You know, but like yeah. I said, <laughs> yeah, I can't get mad at him. I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it was like that was my first. I've been to some WWE house shows. Took my son to a few, but I never. The entire time I've been a wrestling fan, I've never gone to any kind of like pay per view. Oh, and to wow. be able to go, to, to be able to go to SummerSlam, and like my wife went with me, so that was even better. And we just we had a ball, and she said she said she was just watching me, and I was in my element, and I'm like, well, surrounded by forty thousand wrestling fans. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so then it was like what a month or so later, I was getting messages through the armchair booking. You know, I'm yeah. like, I wasn't at yeah. SummerSlam. You're, you're talking about Dwaylin. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then, uh, then I was like, hey, dude, did you meet some people? And he's like, yeah, they're like from Georgia. Yeah. And, you know, yep. and so here we are, you know, a year later, and we are talking with the bear. <laughs> or just bear or the bear, does it matter? Bear. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's bear because my daughter gave me that nickname. So, I've been very blessed that she's letting me share it with the world because she <laughs> does not play about her bear. Yeah, oh, my my, uh, my was, almost five year old calls me Gaga, and she's the only one allowed to do that. Anybody else does, and she's looking at him like, "Huh? What are you doing?" Well, <laughs> exactly. getting she getting everybody the side eye. Oh yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, this picture behind me, she drew this. Oh okay. okay. As half, it was for my music company that I was trying to work on. But she drew that. She she's a very talented artist, and so yeah, that is pretty nice looking. I can see that from mm-hmm. you. Uh, so, Bear, tell us your personal history of being a wrestling fan. I mean, what what did you first start watching, and you know what really just drug you into it? So what got me into wrestling was my father. Uh, my dad was the biggest wrestling fan that I knew. And he took the, it was a family thing. Based, uh, we lived in Knoxville all my life. So I was used to the the local wrestling here at times. We've had the nature boy, Ric Flair and Ronnie Garvin. Um, oh goodness. The Ron and Don Wright, the Fullers, uh, Bullet Bob Armstrong and all the Armstrong kids. Um, so it was just the rite of passage for me. And, uh, Every Saturday, it never failed. Six oh five. I don't care what you were doing. I don't care how loud you were being. You knew to shut up and yep. either sit down or get out the house. <laughs> or, or, yep, one of the yep. two. Six oh five on the superstation. Oh yeah, Saturday. And man, and then <clears throat> getting to meet wrestlers. It's. I've met so many, I've been blessed to meet so many different wrestlers and have conversation with them. I have story. <laughs> I got stories about the junkyard dog, uh, Jim Cornette, uh, Terry Funk, and just like, and my brother 
he's 10 years older than me. Most people can't tell us apart because we look like twins. And yeah. he 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 worked in Atlanta. My uh, I have a brother. I had two brothers and a sister that lived in Atlanta. And he worked at a rental car place. He got to hang out with him. He w- at one point was going to be a wrestler. So I've just been blessed to just be a fan and just been going all my life. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So who are some of your favorites? Oh, well, one of my favorite right now, one of my favorites is Samoa Joe. All right. Yes. Yes. Samoa Joe is the quintessential throwback to the eighties wrestler for me. He can talk, he can work. His intimidation, whether face or heel, he can play the role. And just the psych, he's a psychic. I mean, he knows how to work the crowd and put the mind, the work in mentally to be wrestling. There's wrestling, then there's wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And for me that the that's the modern for me and of course uh FTR they're the modern day Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard yes sir yes uh, yes uh, <clears throat> i um i like um uh uh Roman Reigns very and, and it's funny that I'm about to say this Roman Reigns is very <coughs> underrated for what he's done for the business and what he's continually do for the business. I agree. Okay. This heel run has been, it's like he turned heel and the switch went off and it was just off to the races. And yeah, he, he literally put that company on his back. Exactly. And, went to work. and a lot of people don't realize. And <laughs> the funny thing I was, uh, my nephew's a big wrestling fan, and we were talking last night, and I said, they don't give enough credit for champions. If you want to be a great champion, you need great opponents. Mm-hmm. I said, yep. that that is the only mark against Roman that his opponents hadn't been big, but it's not his fault or the opponents' fault. It's the WWE and the way they book people. It's yep, their fault. Absolutely. Yep. Because they don't build they don't build anybody up to look like a threat to Roman. Exactly. Everybody walking into a every time there's a pay per view or a TV match, it's always like, well, Roman's going to win. You even see it on TikTok. People are like making parodies of it now. It's like <laughs> Roman Reigns beats. Roman Reigns beats Godzilla, and it's like one, two, three. His music goes off, and the person's like. Okay, I acknowledge him. It's like <laughs> exactly, it's, yeah, and it's nothing against him, but like you said, they're not building people up to look like a credible threat. So going into the match, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Romans win, exactly. And then when you have you have the opportunity to build a great story from it, they mm-hmm. take the easy way out, or they think, okay, we can loan, we can go for the long game. But you have so much in between. How are you going to keep people's 
interest with it. If you don't yep. build people to be credible threats. I mean, like Cesaro, his match with Cesaro was great. But mm-hmm. <laughs> if you really thought Cesaro was going to beat him, yeah. I mean, really. And no. then and then it's like <clears throat> I I look at a lot of the contenders and stuff that um are there and it's like you have people in your mid card that could be great. Mm-hmm. They just won't. They won't build them up. They're just so concerned about the top. And okay, when well, we need we need to make some money, we're bringing one of the old guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean when and and I know you've listened to the show, and me and Steve have both said this time time again. You build a professional wrestler from the ground up. His name is Bobby Lashley. You have Bobby Lashley on your <laughs> roster who would be a perfect opponent for Roman Reigns, and they won't pull the trigger on it. Well, they're Bobby, about to. Bobby Lashley looks like a credible threat. You know, everything about Bobby Lashley screams world champion. That is a credible threat to Roman Reigns, but they won't book it that way because they know everybody's going to look and be like, oh, Bobby's winning this. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and yeah. well, I was going to say, well, just look at the Drew, Drew McIntyre situation. Mm-hmm. Drew yeah. was a credible threat. Yes. Yep. There's a shirt. Yep. <laughs> exactly. What they did, and, and it's uh, it's definitely their fault. Okay. Not letting them win was one thing. I didn't necessarily have the problem with that. Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My wife got me that for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it, but you got to still keep him credible. You got yep. to have him with opponents that make sense to make him, make you say, hey, I want to come back to the Roman and him. And what they did, they dropped the ball. Carrying Cross. Oh, my God. Carrying Cross should be a monster. And yes. they've just, be. Yes. And because they've just it, played with him. Just Yes, because I've watched him from the independence to impact wrestling when he was killer cross and he was a monster. And when he's even in NXT triple H had him booked like a monster. He was a killer. He gets on the main roster and he's just another guy. And it's like, do y'all not, did y'all not watch where he, you know, what he was doing? You signed him. So you had, somebody had to have seen it. So it's like, just book him how he was booked before and let him be a monster. Well, that's the problem. The problem is WWE will not do any, will not let anybody self-create and get a run without pretty much bowing down. I can only think of right off the top of my head, one of the few people that actually came in, got the world title and was, as his name is, phenomenal. That's AJ Styles. Yeah. How in the world do you have some more Joe? Yes. You got some more Joe. You got Shinsuke. Yeah. Shinsuke. And you're making them look like jokes. Yeah. Shinsuke should have beat AJ at WrestleMania that year that they had had that match. Joe should have been WWE champion more than once. I mean, He he should have dominated Brock. Yeah. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, because he did. Because 
Because even in that promo and that match that they had at Great Balls of Fire, Brock didn't beat Joe. He survived. He mm -hmm. escaped. He got lucky with that one F5 and was able to put Joe down. And But Joe dominated that match. And the match wasn't very long. But no. Joe dominated the whole match. And here's my thing. Okay. Even don't let Joe win. I would have been okay with it. But you couldn't let him take one F5? Yeah. One? One. Yeah. One. One. Yeah. How many with, Rollins took like 17 of them and still yeah. won? Come on. Yeah. It took it took Lesnar three F5s and 16 Germans to beat John Cena. But you beat Joe with one F5. That's that's Vince McMahon booking because yes. Vince McMahon was never a fan of Samoa Joe because of his look. And it's like, who cares? The guy has a presence. The, the guy walks into an arena and you believe when the fans start chanting, Joe's going to kill you, you believe yeah. he's going to go in there and kill somebody. And so eloquent. How many yeah. people can sit there and have an elegant, intelligent conversation with you and make yeah. you crap your drawers? <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, yes. Yes. I yes. mean, it's like, wow, really? And and another reason why, and he, <laughs> I put him up there with Arn Anderson. Oh, yes. Okay. He was my favorite horseman. My because, because no matter what you say, no matter what you do, you go after Flair, didn't care who else was in the group. The first person that came up to you and told you, if you want anybody in this group, you got to come through me. Yep. He was the well, ultimate, ultimate team player. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes said one time, he's like, you watch horseman promos. And you got Flair talking about Space Mountain and Tully talking about his, his money and his cars and all this. He's like, and then Arn Anderson just brings everything back around and is like, I'm going to beat you up. He's like, and you believed he was going to beat you up. And he just, Dusty said Arn Anderson was the toughest man he'd ever been in the ring with. Really? And this, is, this, is, this is Dusty saying that Dusty's been in the ring with Harley Race. And he said... Arn Anderson was the toughest man, he said, because Arn had the psychology, the physicality, and the technique. He's like, and how do you combat that? He's like, I'm a 300-pound son of a plumber. He's like, I, I, <laughs> how, do you com how do you combat all that? He's like, I, I still say Arn Anderson is the greatest professional wrestler to never be a world champion. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, definitely the top three on that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you got some other yeah, arguments, but yeah, him and Scott Hall are my one and two of best wrestlers to never be a world champion. And the funny thing for me too is modern talking modern wrestling with people, and then I go down the road of well, you don't know. I'm like, that's fine. You we we can debate, but the one mm -hmm. thing I always tell you is do your research. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of stuff you don't talk of uh, don't know what you're talking about. Like I always heard, what well, Scott uh, uh, Kurt Hannon never won the world title. Yes, he yes, has. He yes, <laughs> you just did. didn't yep. know the AWA was, world title exactly. Yep. And and a lot of people, history always loved WWE because they are so quick 
to alter history. Oh yeah, they they are the the masters of revisionist history. It, it, I mean, their own history. Steve and I were yeah. talking about this uh, last week, I think, talking about the women's tag team championship. <laughs> like, when they created those, they're like Bailey and Sasha are the first, and me and Steve were both like, no, 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 no they uh, were. You got to go back a ways, but no, yeah, they but the first. Well, they're they're spin doctors because yeah. what they do. They say certain phrases so they can yeah. be right, even though they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I've noticed that, and I catch it all the time, and I laugh to myself. It's like, yeah, no, whatever. You, you, just a moment, because you can't, you're talking to – you're trying to keep telling the ordinary fans who don't know any different. Now, when you meet us – Old school wrestling fans, yes. you better yes. bring some history. That's exactly. the reason why I love Triple H. Because no matter what, he always goes back and brings history back. Oh, yeah. He, and yeah. he and I love him for that. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, a, got he's a, a student of the game. I mean he Yeah, and he has so much respect for the people that paved the way. Yes. And it's like, and that's the thing that Vince McMahon tries to get away from is like the history and it's like if it wasn't for these guys over here paving the way you wouldn't be the billionaire that you are now because they they built this road for these current stars to make you their money and it's like why would you want to erase any part of wrestling history when there's so much out there that these young, like you said, these young fans don't know, and especially the ones that only watch WWE, so they're sucked into that bubble of this is the only game in town. When it's really, they think they're the world, and they're actually Pluto in the grand scheme of things. In the yeah. grand scheme of pro wrestling, WWE is Pluto because every other wrestling company around them is willing to work together to make the product better. Yep, including the big ones like AEW. Of course, AEW and our Ring of Honor, they're pretty much one and the same almost now. AEW yeah, right. Lightly above it. But then you also have Impact. And then you, now you have the, if you want to go down to like the next tier, if you want to call it that, like mm-hmm. you have Combat Zone, you have Gorilla Pro, you have, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, and where would you rank the Japanese companies? Because they're all the way in different countries. So I would actually put them almost the same level as like AEW. Oh, yeah, definitely. Have, yeah, definitely. they can't Especially with, uh, especially with Forbidden Door, and then you've got people that are leaving New Japan, like Jay White, he he finished up with New Japan, signed with AEW, so he's still going to get that because AEW wrestlers are allowed to wrestle other places. Yep. So unlike WWE wrestlers who have to wrestle just other WWE competitors 300 days a year, they don't get that. It's It's like going to school for... It's like having a real well-rounded education in college. Wrestling is the same thing. It's like if you're only wrestling against people in your same company, you're not really learning any more than you already know. But if all these other people are learning strong style and they're learning just all these different technical styles against all these different opponents and they get to incorporate that into their skill set, Exactly. WWE wrestlers don't get to do that. They they have to either rely on the skill, say, an AJ Styles. He 
has an amazing skill set. So he walked in already above most of them. But that's few and far between. But, most of them are built in WWE and they want they have to wrestle the WWE style. But the thing is though, now well, and you can even see it with uh, NXT with Triple H. Triple H understands and that's mm-hmm. why he brings so many different groups in and he wants to work and he wants to have the different training um, uh, <coughs> NXT uh, places around the world so you can mm-hmm. learn different styles yep. and you can build it to the WWE style but also take blend it in together mm-hmm. and just truly and not I don't mean to be morbid like this, but until Vince McMahon dies, the WWE will always be stale. Yeah. Because every time Triple H comes up with something, Vince is no. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. Yeah. I built wrestling and we yeah. do it like this. And yeah. you got to be flexible. Yeah, CM Punk, CM Punk said it. He said uh, the company be better off when Vince McMahon's gone. Yep, and and we were there. We that were was there. proven. It it was proven when he had yep. he was forced to step away because yep. you know he was not a good person. You know, yeah. we're trying to keep it family yeah. friendly, but we're just saying yeah. Vince was not. <laughs> he was doing not a good person things. at all. Yeah, yeah. still so, not. <laughs> and, yeah, and and instantly the product went from this and just was steadily going up every single week. Raw was actually watchable for yes. for me for the first time in I don't know five Long years time. probably. <laughs> yeah, and then Vince comes back, sells the company, immediately gets put back in charge, and the product dips again. So, how do people not see the problem? Is the creepy dude with the mustache? Let's That's say, and the, the mustache problem. does not help matters. And, and on, well, the, on the finish your well, wrestling podcast, they just had the, the um, they just had Mister Magnificent from Dad World Order. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, they just had him on their show. They got to talk about the mustache, and I almost fell out of my chair laughing at work when they were talking about it because he said uh, one of the guys for finish your wrestling. I don't remember which one it said. He actually remarked, he said, he looks like, you know, he's he's tying a damsel in distress onto the railroad tracks. You know? Yes, yes, he <laughs> does. like Snidely Whiplash. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Any minute, <laughs> any minute <laughs> I'm waiting for him to do this. And whoever yeah. told him that at 77 years old, oh, go ahead and dye your hair jet black and your, and your creepy little mustache jet black, even though people have seen for 20 years what your real hair looks like. Mm-hmm. He shows up and just yeah, he looks like a vaude villain. He, he shows up looking <laughs> like Fredo. I'm, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm waiting for him to go. I'm smart. I'm smart. I can do things. <laughs> <laughs> Not dumb like people think. People I'm, think just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for him to do it. Yeah. yeah and well, like, yeah, but... he's gonna fly the villain. Going, yeah. See, this is what we're gonna do. See. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's what he does in booking meetings. He might. It's like. It twirls, yeah. twirls the mustache. He lets everybody else do the work, and it's like, no, here's what we're going to do. And it's like, then why have a writing staff? Won't you just do it yourself? Which most of the writing staff don't need to be in there anyway. How are you going to have a writing staff that don't know wrestling? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not not even <laughs> wrestling fans. No, because I, they I mean, hired they hired TV writers to book to book a wrestling show, and it's like it's simple. Get former wrestlers, get retired yes. wrestlers to write well, a wrestling show. It's, well, it's not it's not hard. Well, th- it is because when you're a control freak, you <laughs> can't have true. somebody that has the ability to tell you you're wrong. That's you, true. Yeah, so, he does want he does like the yes man. Yeah. So I mean I get <clears throat> I, I get the concept of WWE and that's fine. I I've like it was entertaining this weekend so I could laugh and point out everything that was wrong. <laughs> so yeah. you know it, it gives me a chuckle and then every now and then they have and don't get me wrong, they still put on good matches and they have quality, but just some of the things, like my biggest pet peeve is women's wrestling. If y'all would put half, I'm not even saying put whole, just a half of the interest into writing storylines for them, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would notice your women's wrestling would go up, but no. Well, like, yep, it's like Steve and I talked about Bailey. They brought Bailey came back from injury. You know, she came back as a heel. They had a ready-made faction. All they had to do was put the world title on Bailey and the tag titles on EO and uh, and Dakota. Boom, done. They did ha- They did half yeah. of it. But then they had Bailey lose three world title matches in a row, and then they had everybody beating Damage Control, and it just destroyed. They're just they're looked at as jobbers now, and it's well, like you took three of the most talented women in the world and just pushed them on out there to die. Well, here's the thing too, and this is what WWE has been doing for years: wins and losses don't matter. Yeah, we're dumb. we're dumb. <laughs> the, we will believe anything that they put together and the way they put it. Just how many times has the big show flipped from heel to face? I'm gonna guess mm. 472. Right on, right on. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Mean, yeah, and the thing is, for no reason, There's exactly. No Half the time, there's no storyline. Re- Half the time, he would turn in mid-match for, yeah. <laughs> and just punch his opponent in the face and walk out, and it's like, huh? Well, but but the week before, you see him <coughs> get beat by Rolla, by, yes. by a jobber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then next week, the number one contender is Big Show, and you're like, yes. yeah, what? Yeah. That's like... <laughs> He can get Randy Orton dropped him with an RKO, and then the next week, Randy beat him beat him with the RKO to win the vacant title, and then like the next week, yeah, Big Show was named number one contender, and it's like you do realize he just lost, like convincingly lost this match over here. Uh, it, it, they <laughs> they put. Like they say, they're entertainment business. Oh yeah, and, they're an entertainment yes. company well, who just yeah yeah, and it's and that's, that's fine yeah. if that's what you want to be. But even with the entertainment, don't insult my intelligence. 
Yes. And that's the thing. You're, it, WWE has a very bad habit of insulting the intelligence of the very people that are making them money. And it's, and not, it's, a like, rec- it's not a recent thing either. It's not a recent thing. It's no, been years. a long shot. Years. Um, and here's the, after, the thing. and The aftermags used to even say that. Yeah. Back in yeah, the mid-80s. And, and, you know, people have mythologized the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era was not that good. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was fun during the time that it happened. But going back as an almost 50-year-old man, there is not a lot that's watchable for me in the Attitude Era. I mean, was, the Austin it was stuff. Frat, it was frat boy wrestling. Exactly. The Austin <laughs> stuff, the rock stuff, the tag team stuff. It's really about it. I mean, uh, the Foley stuff. Other than that, it was, like you said, it was just sophomore humor. Like, the DX stuff and, did not hold up well. It's and, like... I was never and, a fan of DX. And most I, people get mad at me when I say this. I was more of an Austin fan in WCW than I was in WWF. I loved Stone Cold, but st- I, that's when I first liked Steve Austin was stunning Steve Austin in WCW. Mm-hmm. He was actually, a wrestler. Actually, yes. it was in Texas. Exactly. When I, saw, when I saw stuff, when he was in the Sportatorium in Dallas, you know, you could see it then. And then when he gets to WCW and wins the TV title, it's like, yeah, this guy's going to be good. He should have been world champion, but Dusty and Flair kind of got in the way. No, yeah. well, well, well Bis- Bischoff also. That's what I was going to well, say. Well, Steve was. Well, the thing is, remember when the United States champion was the number one contender for the title? Yep. Yes. So did Steve Austin. So he went to Dusty Rhodes and was like, you know, I'm the U.S. champion. When am I going to get my shot at the title? And Dusty was like, well, that spot's not for you. That's for somebody else. And every time he went to him about moving up the ladder, it was always that spot's for this person. That spot's for you. You stay, you're, you're doing good right where you are. And he saw the ceiling and he was like, I can't do anything else. And I mean, the bit, the best thing that ever happened to him was getting fired while he was out hurt. And he was able, able to go and become the biggest star in the business and make Eric Bischoff look like a complete moron. And well, and then he was talented enough to make whatever they threw at him. He made mm-hmm. it work. That's why him and Pillman tag team was so memorable. Oh, the Hollywood Blondes were great, mm-hmm. and they were never supposed to get over. Exactly, they were just they were supposed to be a placeholder team, just to you know get people ready to be world tag team champions. Then they got booked to win them, and they were over. And then that's why they ended up splitting them is because they were never they got over on their own. And they were never supposed to get over. And and that's a funny thing that uh, I noticed in history, that most of your most popular stars actually got over themselves without the booker, and the yeah. booker killed it because they didn't <sighs> for they couldn't control them. Yep, they didn't want to give them the money, mm-hmm. so. And I look at a lot of people that got over who were in my favorite era where the territories, because you could go different places, do different yes. things. Yep. Yep. And you could build yourself into 
a star. Yeah. And to me, now the what we are in now is a is a renaissance of the territory because you see a lot of independent um places that are hot. Yeah. That you see a yeah. lot. I I never thought I would enjoy here the last three, four months, I've been going to a lot of independent wrestling shows. And I, I think I get more entertainment out of them than I do the the bigger shows. Well, yeah, because like the independent, to me, the independent wrestling scene is like college basketball. You're not, I mean, college basketball players aren't getting paid at all. Independent wrestlers are not getting paid a lot but they're going out there to show what they're capable of doing without any restraints. I'm going to show you how good I am. Then they get to the pros. Don't have to put as much work in because the money's guaranteed. So the independence is where it's at because these are, these guys are, these men and women are hungry and they, exactly. you know, they want to show you what you're missing out on by not, paying attention to the indies and like people crap on the indie scene. And it's like, you do realize that every wrestler in a wrestling and a major wrestling company today started out in the indies with very, very few exceptions. The only one. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, some who started at the power or NXT. Yeah. Charlotte Flair, but then again, her dad, Rick Flair. So of course you got Charlotte Flair, Roman Reigns, Bianca Belair, all three of them started in NXT, they started at the performance. All center. three collegiate level athletes. Exactly. And, and that's the reason why they're doing the NIT for WWE now because they've seen it work. They want to continue trying to tap that talent. Yeah. But they're pushed they're also pushing too hard though, because they've got I think four people in NXT right now with serious injuries. Yeah. Uh uh, Nikita Lyons is out with a knee injury. Uh, somebody else just tore I, their ACL. And I don't uh, mean to upset any of your fans, but she is so freaking overrated. <laughs> her, here's the thing. Her look has gotten her. Exactly. Exactly. And her, I, her, her skills have not caught up with her looks yet. Yes, exactly. I'm not, I think she can get there because she does have an athletic background. I think she can get there. I think they just did too much too soon. I think they saw her look is going to get get her noticed. So we're going to push her out there real quick. And it's like, but yeah, you did it too soon. And now she's injured. And she's going to have to learn some more stuff because her looks are only going to carry her so far. You see what and, happened with Sa- you see what happened with Sable. Yeah, her looks her looks carried her for a while, and then they thought, "Oh, we got to get her in the ring," and then it all fell apart. Well, and that attitude of hers too. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Awful. You, you, it, again, I'd never like to um, sound like I'm uh, dogging any wrestler because it's very hard, and I recognize that you have to train, put in work to do it. But some you. you and I guess the ego is going to be anywhere, any job, any sport. And I get that. But sometimes some people just just need to really take a minute and sit down and <coughs> get their mind together. Just like CM Punk to me. CM Punk, he has 
wealth of knowledge, but he thinks the world rotates around him. <laughs> yep. And, and it's, and it's and like... I'm a, CM, I'm a CM Punk fan, but I've always thought the same thing. He He thought Ring of Honor was supposed to revolve around him. He thought the ECW brand was supposed to revolve around him. He thought WWE as a whole was supposed to revolve around him. And it's he had some points about certain things, like the Miz main eventing at WrestleMania, but he never got to. I would be mad too because the Miz had no business being champion at that time. If it's current Miz, I could see current Miz main eventing because he's gotten that good as a heel. But I see CM Punk's point on that. But a lot of stuff, it's just like, dude, you're not bigger than the business. Exactly. Are you popular? Yes. Are you a hot commodity? Yes. But you're still not bigger than the business. There are still guys that will always be a bigger star than you. Well, and, and I think that's that's what hurts his ego is that in his head, he is the absolute biggest star in wrestling. When in reality, he's just a cog in the wheel. Well, and that's the, the kind of same thing I look at Bret Hart now. Bret, I love Bret. Bret put on some classic. You, you, there's no, you can argue all you want. Bret was great. Oh but yeah, Brett' biggest thing is he thinks everything had to run his way in the business. Yes, there Brett are. Was, there's yeah. so many different highways, byways. You can go different ways, and just because you don't see it the way I see it doesn't mean you're wrong. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm uh, wrong and you're right. It just means we see things differently. Uh, with Brett. And CM Punk for me. But CM Punk is on this kick where these young guys won't listen. But you did the same thing when you <laughs> were CM young Punk guy. never listened. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, he's not listening now and he's in his mid-40s. Exactly. You want to so tell you, you want to tell people how they got to do things. I'm giving you advice. Well, no offense, but I didn't ask you for advice. If I don't <laughs> exactly. ask you then why are you getting mad because I won't take it? Yeah, and a lot of older wrestlers have gotten bad about that. They're like, oh. well, these young guys are not asking for advice from us who have been through this and all that. And it's like, okay, some of them do ask for advice. But like you said, the ones that don't, if they don't ask, then leave them be and let them learn. Everybody I mean, learns a different way. Some exactly. people want to take the advice of a veteran. Some people want to learn some people want on the job training. They just and, want to learn as and, they go. And there's a there's a tactful way you can actually offer advice to somebody without mm-hmm. being condescending to them. Yes. And um, that's a lot of the thing these these older these veterans are condescending to these younger guys because they don't like the style of wrestling that the younger guys do. And it's like is it that or is it because they're better athletes than you are? <laughs> you don't like the fact that the business is moving away from what, what you think be. is the try, yeah, the tried and true method of wrestling. Like Brett, like you said, Bret Hart is an amazing technical wrestler. He was fantastic. He was also very lucky he was that good because he had the personality of a footstool. He did his <laughs> he had, Brett Brett didn't have that presence. Brett did not have mic skills. Brett looked like he was bored every time a microphone was in his face, but Brett could go out there 
and, and not only have an excellent match, carry people to an excellent match. Like he carried the bulldog who was cracked out of his mind at SummerSlam. <laughs> Where's the bulldog? Could not, he's he's yeah. out smoking crack. <laughs> yeah. Could he, the bulldog literally said he forgot every single thing they went over as soon as the bell rang. Nobody ever knew because Brett walked him through that match. Exactly. It's still called the greatest SummerSlam match of all time. Exactly. How And, and they main evented for the Intercontinental title. How many times is the Intercontinental title main event any pay-per-view, much less one of the big four? And, exactly. And in a stadium, in Wembley Stadium. Yeah. That stadium is huge. I've been to it. I watched a football game well, there, but. Um, was it hold like 80, 90,000 people? Uh, well, and especially when you throw the wrestling ring in the center where you can put even more fans. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, that, yeah, that's <coughs> it is, it is absolutely just ginormous. And yeah. like you're saying, about Brett, when Brett actually, when he turned whiny heel, I did like his promos then because then he had attitude with it. But it, yeah, it was he also had very atti- real. Yeah, it was very real because that, and that was the best thing about it is because that's how he really felt. So he was able to be himself. He didn't have to be the white meat baby face. He got to be the bitter veteran that didn't like the direction the business was going. Right. Well, but and- Brett still doesn't want to get out of the way, though, is the problem. Because I see it on Twitter all the time. He's always complaining about, you know, there's too much, too many flips and too many, too much of this and not enough psychology. And it's like, have you actually watched the matches? Because the work that these men and women do with the so-called flippy stuff, there's so much psychology in those moves. If you take the time to sit down and watch and not just criticize because they can do something you can't do or were never able to do. And that's the kind of same way. Like, I'm a big Jim Cornette fan. I've I've been blessed to talk to him to the, um, just personally a couple of different times. Love Jim. His attitude on the wrestling now is just bitter. But even with that being said, he has some valid points. But when you come off bitter... Nobody's mm-hmm. going to listen. Nobody's yeah, going to take it serious. Exactly. And Jim Cornette has one of the most brilliant wrestling minds that there's ever been. But like you said, he comes off as a bitter old man, and people just tune that out. They're well, like... Ironically enough, he talks about how, <coughs> um, oh, kayfabe is dead. It just killed wrestlers. Like, if kayfabe hadn't have died, you wouldn't be as popular as what you are now. Exactly. Because you wouldn't <laughs> be able to talk about how the business actually goes behind the scenes because you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be able to break kayfabe. Exactly. And, and even with that, you know, I, uh, like I said, I agree with certain points, but I'm also in the mindset. If you don't grow, you're going to stay in the same spot. Wrestling Mm -hmm. has to grow. Everything has to grow. Nothing is going to stay the same. So why not try to learn and, I like I said, I, y'all can't see, but I got DVDs over here. I got VCR tapes of wrestling. That's yeah, how I've far. Got, ba- that's how I've far got back tons I of go. matches. Yeah, I've got tons of matches on my computer. Older, older stuff, yeah. independent stuff, just whatever I can find. Exactly, um, and, and I'm I'm so dedicated to wrestling. But again, just because. I don't necessarily get or even like your style. I will 
look at it and try to pull positives out of it and yeah. understand, well, the kids don't get this because this they're in a different state. They don't have to do it like this, but they're doing this. Okay. Okay. I can see it. Okay. Not my favorite, but okay. I can see where they were going with it. Well, like you were saying about if, if the business doesn't grow, it's just going to get stale Look what happened. Steve and I have talked about this on mm-hmm. prior episodes. Look what happened to the AWA. Vern Kanye would not change with the times because he thought his way was best, even though he was getting passed by and his company ended up going under because they couldn't compete because yeah. they were they were stale. They were old news. Everybody had had left and gone to greener pastures. And, the sad thing and he was left. Well, I remember and he was left with Larry Zabisco. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we actually did an entire episode based on Vern Gagne. And yep. In some ways, he was ahead of the t- his times, but in other ways, he was way behind the times because he was and the first one to sell like action figures and things like that. Funny. But then, yeah. But then he had Nick Bockwinkle as his champion again and again and again and again. And again, like, and I, and like, again. I like I like Bockwinkle too, but no, put the belt on somebody else. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing: he he had to put the belt on Bockwinkle, and Bockwinkle was 50 years old when he put the last time he put the belt on him and it's like, come on. But the thing is, Bachwinkle was one of the few people that he trusted because everybody you know, else was leaving had, for WWF. Everybody, everybody was leaving for WWF or you had Stan Hansen that left it for Japan <laughs> and then ran over ran. the belt and <laughs> which, stuff like that, uh, which did Stan take it far? Yeah. But Vern was also trying to reach in Stan's pocket and get some of, some of the money from his Japanese bookings. Which Stan was like, absolutely not. And I don't blame him. It's like, you didn't and negotiate it, any of that, so you don't deserve a cut of that. Vern, forget to stand legitimately <clears throat> on Bruno's neck. And don't get me wrong, Vern Gagne was tough. He was mm-hmm. legitimately tough, but... Not at that time. Not, no, not that time. I mean, not at that nursing, time. Home, nursing home, he did accidentally... <clears throat> die, you know, but he, did, he had dementia, so... Yeah. Anyway. Well, but, uh, and, and that's the thing too. And it's funny that we're even talking about this because on over on the Wrestle Society podcast, I have a I have a Professor Burr's wrestling class, and I talk about the AWA, and I talked about all of this of how it got passed by and how Vince McMahon screwed them over, and it, it, it's just amazing. If you go and look at history and do your research, you as much as everybody gives credit, and rightly so, wrestling wouldn't be where it is without Vince McMahon. But without Vince McMahon, some of your favorite stars would have never been left where they were at. Vince went and just took over. He money. He was ruthless. That ruthless aggression was him. In the eighties, before it was cool to be that. Oh yeah, he punched to put everybody. everybody out of business. Yeah, um, yeah, he didn't Bear- want the territory system. He just wanted his system. Hey Bear, since you know you um, you run a uh, basically a class, Professor Bear's wrestling history. Uh, a question though, we ask everybody who's been a guest on our show for the series: Do you still catch grief from non wrestling fans? Oh yeah. I do. And what I tell them is, do it look like I care? Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's that's how we are. And I, I will say here lately, 
I have been like, I have several wrestling shirts and I wear them out, you know, and people are like, Oh, I like the shirt. And especially the Roman Reigns shirts. I have two, I have two of them and people were both like, I really like your shirt. So you've got people out there that mm-hmm. respect pro wrestling. You just got, there's some snarky people out there. that are just like, eh, pro wrestling, stupid. My wife has said it best. Professional wrestling, professional wrestlers are the best one take actors in the world because they don't get they don't get to you know redo it they are live and they've got to do it that first time and get it right and they do it better than anybody else in any other form of entertainment and they do not get the credit they deserve for that it's very true i have to agree with you agree with your wife wholeheartedly uh now, and on other subjects, as we discussed this, we were going to talk about this, uh, a, a combination show of why we are fans and, and holy crap, like I said, Dwayne Bear, he's, he's one of us. I mean, we're yes, all, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many things in common, but what are your thoughts on how the draft went? And I am, I, I'm actually going to quote a friend of ours, Kyle, uh, actually former co-host Kyle. He said, can you name five WWE storylines that have been more poorly booked and less thought out than the WWE draft? <laughs> and I was like, and he mm. named a couple. He's like, um, he's like, okay, Katie Vick, Vincent Maine versus God, Beaver Cleavage. Um, and he said, Kerwin White. He's like, there's four, <laughs> but I mean, he's like, yeah, this was horrible. I mean, you know, he has a point. I got the fifth one. Shawn Michaels being broke and having to work for JBO. <laughs> that that was that was a legit storyline. I forget the year, but yeah, Sean lost a quote unquote. Sean lost a bunch of money in the stock market. Was broke. Had to work for JBL. JBL's trying to get him to have to do a bunch of heel stuff, and then end of the day, Sean beats him, gets out of his contract, and all this, and it's like terrible. Just just god awful. <laughs> oh, we barely squeaked by, but we did get five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, barely. I mean, because yeah, the the draft, and I only caught part of it uh, when it was live. Um, and part of that, I just kept my, up with it on on Twitter. Yeah. It kept getting notifications but on. I've I've, I've looked at the drafted. list, you know, and I I've actually pulled it up on Wikipedia on my phone, and I'm looking at some of these, and and I don't understand, you know, why they did some of the moves. I mean, some of them, I guess, yeah. They're still, you know, they're they're trying to balance out. They want both Raw and SmackDown to get good ratings, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. the balance it'll tilt in favor of one or the other. So I get that, you know, putting Bianca on SmackDown, it probably will help SmackDown. Um, you know, well, it'll help know, her. Her husband. It'll help her. Her husband's there because Street yes. Profits got drafted. Yep, I'm glad they did that because you know WWE they've been notorious about. Oh, you're a couple. Well, oh, and you're married. Oh, we're gonna split you. Oh. Up. Yeah, well, two different brands. You're never going to see each other. Well, I will. Do, I hate to do this, but in the defense of WWE, they've did a lot better, but trying to keep couples together. Now, yeah, here in yeah, the last few years, they have. Yes, but like, yes. Prior to that, it's like you would have couples, especially when they would have the uh, the brand specific pay per views. Right. You would have a married couple over here. And here, like Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson, they were on two separate brands, and they had said in interviews that they saw each other maybe 10, 15 days out of the year. Well, and because of the 
because of the travel schedule and the them being on different brands. But and and again, I hate to be that guy, but this is a business. And how many couples do you know? Just regular couples who can work at the same job and can actually have the same schedule where they can see each other. That's frowned upon on most businesses. Most of them, yeah. So I get that. And, you know, yeah, okay, let's keep this. But let's be real. Why in the world would you need the Street Profits and Bianca together? Unless you're going to put them together as a I group. say put them together. I've been saying that and, for a while. Put them yeah, together. Yeah, and I don't I don't know why they haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. Well it's like you put well, the title put, titles on the street profits and you put the world title on Bianca and there's your group. Well, well they're about again, to split them, so that's why. Maybe all I mean, the street profits we've been yeah, it's coming. Which we thought it was going to doesn't happen. make sense. Was it a mania we thought it was going to happen? Right. Maybe? Yeah. I I thought they were going to pull the trigger on that at mania, but here's what's probably going to happen. They're going to turn Dawkins heel is what they'll do because Montez is so over there. Mm-hmm. They'll be afraid that they'll, they'll kill that momentum if they turn him heel because the crowd just loves Montez rightfully. So he's fantastic. So I can see them turning Dawkins heel. And I hate to use the John Michaels, Marty Jannetty thing, but that's how it is in tag teams most of the time. And in this tag team, you just go, if you look at just star power, Dawkins is the Marty Jannetty. Even though he's a good wrestler, if you go by star power and who can be pushed to the moon and be like one of the faces of the company, it's Montez every time. But that's the thing. With the with the Marty Jannetty uh, Shawn Michaels reference, they just happen to catch lightning in the bottle. Not every tag team can be broken up and come single stars. And sometimes your biggest person you think is going to be the single star is the worst one of the group. That is true. That's very true. And, yeah, and, Shawn, Shawn was definitely one of a kind. You know, right. And Marty was in a bad place that he just mm-hmm. never came out of. I mean, yeah. I I mean, I remember when they were the Midnight Rockers in AWA. Yes. Yep. So yes. I and honestly, I was more of a Genetti fan than Sean, <laughs> and and I'm not ashamed to admit it. It, it. It's it's a funny thing to me how the booking and how people look at things. We have a tendency to always want to be able to pick it out. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tired of knowing. I want to be fooled. <laughs> yeah. I want, I, I yeah. want to be yeah. an intelligently fooled. Just don't do something just to say I was wrong. Make it make sense. Yeah, and like going back to the street prophets and uh, Bianca. My point to that is, you can split them up. Bianca is so super over. You didn't. They didn't need to have to move her to SmackDown. They could have left her on Raw. She's been dominant. Then you you could have moved Becky. 
but they didn't want to move Becky because they didn't want to move Seth. Yeah, that's that's the problem with this draft. It's the it's the the couples thing they were they're so big into now. The sensibility, like Cody. The reason why they didn't want Cody on the same show as Roman because they want to separate them until WrestleMania and see if they can get that lightning in a bottle again to let Cody finish the story. But they they can't. They messed it up. They no, they can't. Well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're wasting Cody with Brock. No, yeah, they're wasting Cody with Brock. Well, no, and- I don't think so. And I'm gonna tell you the reason why. I understand where they was going with. I understand where they're going with it. So, okay, you want to keep it separated to because everybody thinks Cody got to go through these hard times, baby. Everybody <laughs> thinks he got to do that. He got to go through the hard times so he can build his way up. So when he beats Roman, it's that much more special. But here's the kicker. With that, with that mindset, you're going to go ahead and break the rules of what? <laughs> of going through different brands. So yeah. you can either, Cody can win the Royal Rumble again. He can win um, Money in the Bank or come up in midstream, hey, we traded Cody for these eight wrestlers. Yeah, just crap. to get him near Roman. Yeah, exactly. Here's where the here's what I think they messed up on. I, I I see your point and I agree with you, but the story was there already. Cody was stuck as stardust. He wanted out. He left. He went oh, around the world. I don't either. Went hmm. around the world and built himself into a market a brand, a marketable name. Helped create AEW. Then comes back to the company pairs his pectoral muscle completely off the bone, wrestles a 40-minute Hell in a Cell match, has surgery, goes through rehab, wins the Rumble, gets to Roman, and instead of them doing it right then while they had that lightning in a bottle to have him win the title and finish the story and be the first Rhodes to to win a world title in WWE, they're like, nope, because we need Roman to get to 1,000 days. Exactly. And here's another reason, too. Why in the world would you let a wrestler go build his name, come back and dominate your champion? What does that make your champion look? I mean, that's true, but they did it with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, but look how long it took for him. How many? That is true. Again, that is true. Yeah. He he he. Oh God, how many? He was the shields. He got beat down by the shield. He got beat yeah. down by Dolph. It, it wasn't like overnight. So anything that Vince doesn't create, he's yeah, not, he's not going to push. Yeah, yep. it's and that's but that was evident from WCW guys that came over, Scott Steiner. Booker T, guys like that. Anything, yeah. And Ric Flair has even said that. Anything that Vince did not create, he is not going to push to because its potential. It's, because because it's, it was, it's, it's his world. He yep. runs the world. If he yep. didn't make it, it's no good. What do you think that, what do you think about them moving 
both both women's champions in the draft. Again. Well, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, uh, me too. Well, but... well, well uh, let me let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. I, I, the women surprised me. I knew they were going to move the mid-card titles. I knew that. The women surprised me, but <laughs> like I've seen and heard so many times. And even a child could figure this part out. Instead of labeling your women's champion the Raw Women's Champion or the SmackDown Women's Champion, name it the World Heavyweight Champion and the WWE Champion. That's what you did with the men's. Exactly. So yep. if they go to different brands, it don't matter. But, and see, the thing is, it was an easy fix. Uh, Rhea Ripley is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Leave her on SmackDown. Draft the Judgment Day to SmackDown. That way you don't have to move Bianca. And if you want her and Montez to be on the same brand, then just don't draft the Street Profits. That was the simple fix. But instead, Raw drafts the Judgment Day. SmackDown drafts Bianca. Raw drafts Rhea to keep her with the Judgment Day. But now you got the opposite brand's champions on there. So what they're going to do is do that stupid belt swap thing that they've done <laughs> yes. with the tag titles and with the women's title before. And it, it's just lazy booking just like with imperium they drafted imperium as a whole to raw gunther's the intercontinental champion and the story that they're just leaving by the wayside now is that's the only title that sheamus has never won and sheamus has been chasing gunther for that title now he's not going to get that shot because the intercontinental title didn't they well yeah he... the the brawling brutes as a whole got drafted to smackdown imperium well... as a whole got drafted to raw well, that's the thing, but see, that's the thing Triple H tried to tell people before all this st happened. Stories never end. Yeah, but the way, the problem is, WWE fans, like us, we have that attention span and that thirst for seeing this story go through. And and that's our problem. Yeah. If we look at WWE like we look at AEW. They're mm -hmm. totally different. Their mentality is different. The way they set things up is different. So you can't keep and I, I'm and I'm bad with it too. Mm -hmm. That I always compare their storylines to theirs, and it's like WWE ain't never made sense. So why am I keep <laughs> trying to make sense out of it yeah. when it hadn't? I have to stop <laughs> being dumb and just either go with it and enjoy it or don't watch it. And and that's a lot of we as wrestling fans, we think we can fix every problem. We know everything we should do. And and it's funny. Well, between the three of us, we've watched and we've grown up watching this and we've watched enough wrestling mm -hmm. to know how things are gonna go and how I mean, I hate to sound like this, but how things should go, what makes sense. Right. But of course, we don't run these million and billion dollar companies, so it, it, it's a perfect segue. That's the reason why us at uh, Wrestling Society Network have a 2K series to show you how wrestling is supposed to be, how to yep. go. And and speaking of which, May 27th is our draft. 
we are splitting. And we're going to show you how a split should go, how to have sense. So if you're into wanting wrestling to make sense, please check us out. I'm going to check that out. Yep. And, and, and everybody wants to be a promoter. I remember as a kid, still to this day, I have the notes of making wrestling. I had my action figures, had Superman, Batman, uh, Green Lantern, all those. And I made a wrestling league and I made it make sense to me. I'm, I'm a Southern kid. So the NWA was the world to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Me and too. That was, yep. that's what I grew up on. Mid Atlantic. Yes. So I, that was, that's how, that's how I booked my shows. That's how I formatted them. I mean, my favorite title is the U.S. Championship of the NWA. I love it. I have it on, matter of fact, I have it on my wall. Okay. The, okay. No, there it is. Yep. All right. Uh, so the one I call the one I call Luger's championship. Exactly. He's the one that held it the longer. <laughs> exactly. So I have a lot of different things. So my uh, is that the I world look, tele- Sorry, that's, but that's, that's the, the TV title. Is, that the, is that the world television title? That's the world television. That's the oh. world tag team. That's Flair's title and the WWE. Oh, uh, see, he's got Arn and Tully's belt. Mm-hmm. And then he's a got horseman, Arn's baby. TV, and then Arn's TV. T- oh, I'm a horseman. I'm a <laughs> I'm a yeah, horseman through about, and through. But how about that one? Yeah, bro? I, you yeah. know and the funny thing. I am getting that one. <laughs> and, and I got this one. <laughs> and, and the funny thing, I met Tyrus. Me and Tyrus were talking, and he and he's like, "Oh, you call yourself an NWA fan, and you don't have the ten pounds of gold?" I said, "Because I'm ten pounds of broke. I can't afford that <laughs> entire." <laughs> So, uh, but it doesn't beat Thor's hammer, which Dwayne just has. Apparently yes, Dwayne, yes. Apparently, Dwayne's yes. Thor because only Thor <laughs> yeah. can actually hold the hammer. Exactly. My two, my two prized possessions. My wife bought both. She bought me Thor's hammer for Christmas last year, and the WWE title for our first anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I promised my fiance uh, we're getting married in two weeks. I promised her that I'm a not I'm gonna do my best not to buy any more titles because I don't have any space in my little barricade to put anything. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I'm just looking around the cave here, and I'm seeing NW the other NWA. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> um, that would have to be. Looks like after Cube left. No, yeah. actually, yeah. no, no. This is actually is you just can't see him. He's on there. Uh, is he on there in the end? Oh, right, there, he, there is. he is. Okay, there he is. Okay. Oh, uh, I, show you something. One of my prized possessions. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. And I always, and no matter where I go, I always say this because I'm proud of it. I love Bianca. I know her family. I know her father and mother, and she is, we went to the same high school, so I'm very proud of that, and um, I love Bianca, but every pay-per-view always predicts she's going to lose, and she makes her ass out of me. <laughs> 
Um, and for those you know who are audio only, Barry just showed us, showed us an autographed picture of Bianca Belair, and you know apparently he's actually friends with her family. So, uh, so now according to like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, we are only two degrees away from Bianca. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, but going back to the draft, I wasn't excited when I heard about it because I knew give it six to eight months, they're going to do what they usually do. Oh yeah. They're just going to start letting people show up wherever they want to show up. And it's like, it's like, what sense does that make? That why do you have a brand split if people can just roam back and forth? But Man, the, net, the networks don't get happy about that either. Yeah. No. And that's like the networks have not been happy for the last year since the titles have been unified. And I had this argument last week when Steve and I talked about the new world heavyweight title. Yeah. You know, Roman's walking around with two belts. One of them says world heavyweight champion. Just give the WWE title to Raw and keep Roman with the universal title on SmackDown. It was a simple fix of the instead of spending the money to create a third world title. Yeah. yeah. And, and they had one before. It was a 24-7 belt. <laughs> yeah. Our truth had it. I mean, just... 24-7, 7-11, I-95. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which he's out with the torn pack right now, which I hate that. I love our truth Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> somebody, I saw a meme where somebody did him he said he's glad to be in the NFL and they're like, truth. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, dude, come on. He is gold. He is a tre- he is a national oh, yeah. treasure. And when he goes and to the Hall of Fame, they're going to give him the 24-7 belt. He, oh, yeah, he needs it. And a lot of people don't know. They just think R-Truth is just a comedian. Do not know the simple fact that R-Truth was the first ever black NWA world heavyweight champion. That yep, right and he did it and he did it twice. Yep. Yep. And the dude does not age. He no, looks exactly no, he the same when he won the NWA world title back in like 2002. Yes. <laughs> 20 years later, he looks exactly the same. The dude don't well, age. At I mean, all. we did talk about that, Dwaylon. It really doesn't crack, does it? It doesn't crack. It, just, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> We were uh, now, granted, I don't granted, know what Jake, you know, Jake Petway, who we had on there, he did call you out something about that, but <laughs> he did, yeah, yeah, he did because he's, yeah, we were talking about getting old, and he's like, dude, you don't look anywhere near your age, stop it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm super happy to show my age because that means I've been living and I'm okay with that, <laughs> yeah, that's me. It's like. I joke about being old, but I'm I'm thankful for every day I'm here. So, yes, sir. Yeah, because Will and I we 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 discuss our health issues like all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, oh, we texting each other. Hey, man, my you know my blood sugar was really high this morning, <laughs> and, which mine's been doing really good the past few days. It's been it was uh, kind of low low yesterday, but it's been in the low hundreds today. So it's been oh when I was good. when I was in Orlando, you know that week. Um, my blood sugar, when I woke up in the morning, I mean, it was like below 100 every day. You know, mm. now I'm back here all of a sudden this morning, or actually, I, I forgot to check it this morning, but yesterday morning, it was like 149. I was like, whoa, ho, ho, ho. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. People don't understand that stress will, uh, will yeah, blow will, your yeah. numbers yes, up. It, will. it sure will. Um, and I'm guessing like walking around, you know, about 
15,000 steps in a day, like what you kind of do at Disney, regardless <laughs> of what you're doing. That actually yeah. brings your sugar down, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, um, but along with the draft, we have a PPV or PLE or show, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> coming Saturday. Um, and down in Puerto Rico, very first time they're actually having a show down in Puerto Rico, that is Backlash, which is the main event, I guess. Well, um, actually, you know, actually yeah, that's second what I was going to say. Because that was the first, yeah, that was the first elimin, um, not elimination chamber. It was the yeah, second. You're right. It was the second no, yeah. elimination. It was the second chamber. one. Yeah, yeah. It was Cena. Oh, uh, I definitely yeah. corrected that. New Year's Revolution because yep. it was that's the where world heavyweight title was vacant. Yeah, because Triple H was over in Puerto Rico. Like he really? was the heel walking in, but his music hit and that crowd lost their mind. That's where. Uh, that's where they started the Batista turn to face when Triple H was started screw over Batista because Triple H uh, could have helped Batista not get eliminated by Randy Orton, but he didn't. He just sat back in the corner and watched Randy Orton beat him. Then he turns around and beats Orton. But, yeah. and, and matter of fact, that's where uh, Edge cashed in the money in the bank on Cena. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. What, what year was that? Oh God! Two thousand six, I think. Two thousand six. Um, okay. I the beginning of the year I was in Korea. Yeah, I think it was two thousand six. Okay, then I came back to the states for about five months, and then we went to England. So uh, I was all over the place. I didn't. I was really. <laughs> I didn't really keep track of hardly anything. Um. But there's only seven matches listed, and, and I get why the, the main events, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, I mean. Uh, both Puerto Rico. Guys, yeah, from Puerto Rico. So, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, one of the things I think will happen, they will introduce, you know, of course, some of the most famous Puerto Rican wrestlers. You know, Carlos Colon, oh, yeah. he's going to be out there. Um, he's got to be. I'm wondering about the Gonzalez's, you know, the, the invaders. Yeah, because I don't know. That's a that's a touchy subject, and you know, like certain people. Oh man, yeah. Woo. Um, let's see. Um, but the very first match they have listed: Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline, which is um the three um Fatu brothers. brothers, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, funny story about that. My brother had met Roman and the Usos when they were kids. He was telling me they were living in Atlanta at the time because they were working for uh, WCW, his um, his father. And um, he went to hang out with them. And my brother told me, he said, man, they got these two little two bad kids and their little mean cousin. They like these twins, they terrible. He's like, man, they just kept. <laughs> and turns out it's Roman in the Russo's. Oh, uh, I wonder if that's how Roman, you know, or Joe on Hawaii, you know, how he ended up going to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, yeah. Yep. Could be. Um, but I think uh, the twins, they went to like South Alabama, something like that. I think it was a Division two school. Mm. Yeah. You know, but it's still, you know, they're still playing collegiate football, which means they're exactly. better than what I am. So <laughs> um, I don't get why they just had Zane and Owens win the tag titles. 
and they're immediately not defending them? Because uh, Vince doesn't care about tag team wrestling. Oh, he hates it. But he'll put him in a sack, six-man match. You know, welcome <laughs> back, Matt Riddle. Glad to see Matt Riddle's back. Um, bro. Bro. But, but it's a yeah. point, at this point, it's a pointless feud. I mean, the story was told at they WrestleMania when, mm-hmm. when, when Owens and Zayn won the tag titles. So there's no need to keep going with this. Because <coughs> they're the obviously only- not going to put the tag titles back on the Usos just yet. So let everybody move on to something else. Well, and this is what it is, a blow-off. Because everything ending Saturday, everything starts a new Monday. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because then they got to think. Because then come, yeah, come Monday, they'll have to build towards Night of Champions. Right. Which only three weeks left in the fact. Which, three um, weeks, yeah, three weeks out. They're, they're in the same a, month. They're in the same calendar month. Yeah. And three um, weeks to, to build a tournament. To determine who your your first, and that's what they're going to say, the first WWE yeah. World Heavyweight Champion. Exactly. And well, well, Owens and um, Sammy wasn't going anyway, so yeah. Oh, um, next match listed: Cody and Brock. Pointless match, my my personal take. <laughs> Point, there's. My- yeah. If Vince is in, if Vince is in charge of booking this match, Brock's winning in probably about three minutes. And then he's getting because, on his plane. And he's leaving. And then he's going to get on his plane, go back to Saskatchewan, to his giant secluded ranch. I think I, I uh, I'm calling for Cody to win this. I think it's going to be surprising. Plus, it gives because it will help enhance. What Cody can do, plus once he wins, Brock is going to destroy him and give yeah. him a chance to wrestle somebody else. That's yeah, my I take. Hope, yeah, I hope Cody wins, but like I said, if Vince is booking, he'll book Brock to win because he always does. Oh, um, next one. This is actually kind of an interesting one. Uh, Rhea Ripley defending. Or whichever title she has, they may they may switch it before then. I don't know. Um, against Zelina Vega, because you know Zelina Vega, she's also you know I think she was born in America, but I mean she but she's Puerto Rican by heritage. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they they've been lapping that up, but it's no interest in that. There's no way in the world I got a bit of chance no. of going down there and beating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's the thing. Rhea Ripley is the hottest thing they have in the women's division, and they would be stupid to burn that right now. I mean, she is 26 years old, has everything you could want in a professional wrestler. Build your division around her and keep making money. Because and, espe- and especially for a throwaway pay-per-view, too. Exactly. Yeah. Do not have her drop in the title. And backlash. Well, I think Zelina Vega. I mean, this will get like the big crowd pop. You know, oh she'll yeah, be the, under, big she'll crowd be the pop. underdog, and yeah, she'll be the underdog. She'll be the hometown favorite, but she's taking. She's, not she's a taking bad a bad wrestler. You know, I mean, no, she's not, she just no. doesn't get enough chance to show it. That exactly. She's a good wrestler, but uh, she's taking a she's taking a riptide. I mean, that's just <laughs> how it's going to go. Yeah. Well, the, her and some members of the NWO. I mean the LWO. I'm gonna say yeah, the LWO. Take yeah. 
Uh, I love that when they brought that back. I, I was kind of popping pretty hard when I saw they yeah. brought the NWO shirts. Um, I, uh, I laughed about that because everybody's like, man, they ain't won a match since they got back together. I was like, they're not supposed to. And I said, <laughs> I, I said, okay, name me one time that the LWO won in WCW. I'll wait. Exactly. It, yep. it was because Eddie Guerrero was the only one that ever won a match. The rest it's, of the group never won anything. Exactly. That was kind of the point of they were. That was the that was the point they were trying to make. Is how the yeah. Hispanic wrestlers were booked. Um, actually, I say bring back Conan, put him in an LWO shirt. I'd love to see that. But, but I know he, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'd never go to WWE though. So um, no. Uh, Seth, some kind of nickname Rollins and Amos, Omos, Omos, the big dude. <laughs> This is another throwaway match. It's just, there was no build. It made no sense. They just threw it out there just to get, get them on the card. I guess they just to fill out the card. Yeah. But what almost needs this win. Yes. He, he needs this win. A loss doesn't do Seth any harm. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt him at all. Cause like if you said, you... Monday, Monday's going to be. Win the exactly. Fight. And you can't keep having your big man squash all these jobbers and he lose every pay-per-view against any serious competition. Yeah, they're turning him into the big show. Yep. Without the without the heel face turn. They're just you have this giant and you're burying him when it when he comes to wrestle established stars, like Bear said. It's like at what point do people stop caring that he's a giant? It's like he's going to lose anyway, so why am I supposed to care? You had this big giant who who used to play college basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like the big show. Yep. You know, so big show played at Wichita State and somewhere else, but, um, you know, almost he played at um, South Florida. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you got to think somebody that tall, you know, your only game play is – Go stand in the basket. Make sure you don't stand in the lane. We'll throw you the ball. Reach over and yeah. knock it. Okay. Yeah. Stand like this, and we'll throw it to you. Dump it in. Yeah. Just make sure you don't <clears> stand <throat> in the lane for more than three seconds. You know they'll, yep. they'll they might call that unless you're in the NBA where you probably stand there for like eight seconds. You can make walk like eight <laughs> steps. I mean, you can stand there for two minutes. They don't. They don't. They don't care. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. By the way, y'all were talking about college basketball earlier. It's like, yeah. Then you get, you get to the NBA, they don't care anymore, and that's why the All Star games just suck now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Seth Rollins almost. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. that's my prediction. Is I'm not going to care. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, and I is it really a prediction or is it a spoiler that I I won't care? <laughs> it's um, a spoiler that I don't care. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. I hate to spoil likely... it for all of our listeners and YouTube viewers, but none of us care about this match. No, no. They, they don't even care about this match. I know. Exactly. No, Bathroom MVP, break. MVP is, you know, MVP is going to be on his phone, like playing solitaire or something. Yeah. You know? And everybody in Gorilla is going to be like, all right, come on, wrap it up. Well, he's still going to be trying to get the hurt business back together. He's still trying to figure which, a way to get them back together. That was the stupidest thing to break them up. That was the dumbest thing. Vince it McMahon. Was, yep. Yeah. Yep. Because they got over without him having anything to do with it. And he's like, no, I can't have that. Oh, um, next match. Um, and 
Joylin, you know how I feel about triple threat matches if they're uh -huh. not elimination. But this one yep. is Theory, Austin Theory. I got to make sure I say his first name because, yeah. you know, yeah. Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed for the U.S. title. Austin Theory is the champion. Match of the night. That's going to be match I of the can, night. Yeah, I can see that. Because I'm liking this Austin Theory. I'm liking once he got rid of the stupid selfie thing and all that. Yes. He's just out there with a chip on his shoulder with something to prove. Bobby Lashley's Bobby Lashley. He's just yeah. amazing. Bronson Reed is awesome. I've watched him since NXT, and then when he got let go, I watched him in New Japan. I watched him in Impact. He's he's a freak of nature, too. A dude that size. The dude is built like a bowling ball and moves like Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yes, he does. And that's going to be match of the night. But Theory needs to retain. It's not going to hurt Bobby Lashley to lose. Bronson Reed is too too new to Raw for it to really hurt him. But Austin Theory needs to retain. Who do, who does he pin or submit though? He's not going to submit. Bobby he pins he he somehow pins Bronson Reed. He ain't he's not pinning or submitting Bobby Lashley. Not the second time. No, it's going to no. be and it's probably going to be an opportunistic thing. Bronson Reed's probably going to Bobby Lashley's probably going to spear Bronson Reed. But fall out of the ring. Yeah. Fall out of the ring yeah. or Theory throws him out and pins him, possibly with his feet on the ropes because Bronson's a big dude. But he's going to do what a heel is supposed to do. He's going to cheat and find a way to win. Yeah. Which, yeah, like you're right. You're right. I mean, like you said, he's he's supposed to do that. Yeah. It makes sense when a heel cheats. It never makes sense when a babyface cheats because it's like I'm I'm supposed to hate this person because they cheat, but then I'm supposed to root for the babyface and they're cheating. Well, That's why everybody started hating Hogan. Well, <laughs> well, my thing was I did I don't mind when a babyface cheats because it's like I'm showing you I'm not stupid <laughs> because I'm a babyface doesn't mean I have to be stupid. If yeah. he cheats, let me give him his medicine. Now, I always liked when Eddie Guerrero did it. It was like, especially if he was in there with somebody and they tried to cheat and he would always make it backfire on them. But like when you had John Cena as the white meat baby face and the savior of the company and all this. And he's stooping to the bad guys level in order to win a match. It's like you're you're supposed to be big super Cena. You're supposed to be able to win these with no problem without having to cheat. So why are you why are you stooping to their level? Right. Uh, so next one, the um, Bianca's championship, whichever one she has, uh, against Io Sky. Of course, Io Sky, she has Bailey and Dakota Kai outside, but it's for Bianca's title. Um, Bianca's. I, Go ahead, Bear. Sorry. Um, no, I was going to say, um, I think this is going to show another crack in um, damage control. I think. I can see EO telling them to stay in the back. She has something to prove. Um, she's going to lose, but oh, yeah. I think, I think she's good. They're going to, I think they're going to have the match of the night. Honestly. You think so? I think they're going to give her a chance to shine that she hadn't been able to do since she's been on, since she got brought up to the main roster. The match that they need to have with EO though, since they're both on the same brand if somebody does not book EO Sky versus Asuka, I'm going to be quite upset because I have seen them wrestle in Japan. 
and Lord, that was some of the that some of the most hard hitting wrestling you will ever see. All right. Well, and just about that. I, I always think about uh, sensical things we were talking about. Like, there was no reason why Bianca beat Oscar at WrestleMania. Nope, not a bit. Oscar needed Oscar needed that win and deserved that win. And now, especially after they had her, had her loser streak to Charlotte Flair. And now she hadn't won a match at WrestleMania. Now you have burnt her again. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna care? Yeah, that's the thing. They have taken. They took this woman who built this mystique. I mean, she built a Goldberg level mystique around her when she had her streak going, but better because she could actually wrestle. But, you know, she was a killer. Everybody was afraid of Oscar. You know, she people were lining up to watch her matches. As soon as she was announced on a card, people were buying tickets because they knew they were in for a show. And you take all of that and you burn it to give the title to give the title and the streak ending thing to Charlotte, who didn't need it at all. Makes no sense. And then they they haven't done right by Oscar since. Nope. Well, the, the last match is the, the main event. Like we said, I mean, I get it. Puerto Rico. Uh, a San Juan street fight. Bad Bunny, Damian Priest. Yeah, Bad Bunny wins. If not, that entire stadium is going to riot. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Bad Bunny's Bad Bunny's winning. I mean, he's the well, he's the, he is cele- like the he's the celebrity. Person. Yeah, he's a celebrity. He's in he's in his home country. He also is uh, actually pretty decent at wrestling for the limited amount of time that he's done it. Damian Priest is an excellent wrestler who's going to do his best to put him over. Yep. And make and make him look like a, a million bucks. He's going to be in front of a home crowd, you know, the big time celebrity and a true wrestling fan and student of the game who puts in the work. Yes. Respects so, it. Yeah, and respects it. So Bad Bunny's winning that one. There's no reason for Damian Priest to win this because it's not this doesn't hurt Damian Priest by losing to Bad Bunny. And this here's is not a, this is not a this is not him in a world title match or a mid card title match or something. This is a grudge match with a celebrity. It's not gonna hurt him to lose it. Well <clears> and <throat> the and the main thing, Judgment Day doesn't win anything important unless it's exactly. Real. Exactly. They and kill this, them every time. And this, yep. And this isn't like Bam Bam and LT at WrestleMania. That hurt Bam Bam because LT was a football player. He didn't have. He, he wasn't any good at wrestling. He never wrestled. He didn't train to wrestle. He just trained to not get blown up in the ring. And, and he still got blown up. And yeah. he still got blown up. But he beat. But he beat him in the main event. And. Bam Bam was never the same in WWE after that. I don't think this will be the same situation with Priest and Bunny because Bunny's going to put in the work and make a credible match and give and give Damian Priest a credible match. So I think Bad Bunny wins, but it doesn't like like Bear said, Judgment Day always lose anyway unless it's Rhea Ripley. So it's just par for the course. 
and, and Bam Bam was paid like a quarter of a million dollars just for that one match. So yeah, um, but but Bam Bam didn't get successful really in wrestling until he left and went to ECW. Yeah, the yeah. resurgent that yeah. that was his resurgence. Yep, because he joined the Triple Threat, won the TV title, won the world title. So. so yeah, that that was that's the main event, and every time I see San Juan, I'm thinking about Welcome Back Carter. <laughs> yeah, you know, talking about yeah, I'm Epstein from yeah. San Juan. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, Bear, thank you so much for coming on. It did. It's been yes, thank you very pleasure. much, man. Um, I think I appreciate y'all having me, and well, we definitely got to do it again. I just enjoyed absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm just glad we were finally able, because I told you, I said, once we were able to stabilize our schedules, you yeah. know, um, <laughs> you know, between a lot of like actual legitimate family emergencies and then, um, oh, God, what else we have come on? We both had family emergencies, you yep. know, um, health now, stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, work stuff, which yep. <laughs> here in two days, I'm not going to have that that any longer. Um, that I found out today, the thing I had lined up all of a sudden fell through. Um, you know, but you know what? I'll work it out. Yeah, everything will work, work out. out the way it's supposed to. If nothing else, maybe we can record some during the day. <laughs> we might. There you you know, go. Like, what are you doing today? We record the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you do anything else, we might as well. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, so, uh, but absolutely, Barry. Uh, it has been it has been a pleasure. We got to have you back on. Um, and we promise it won't be well. I, okay, I don't want to say I promise because if we do that, <laughs> something else will happen. But that's yeah. happened to us before. We say, "Oh, we're probably well, we get no." Then I, I definitely understand that. Hopefully, y'all can come on to our pod uh, podcast and have fun with us. Because, like I said, for us, it's it's just having fun and giving mm-hmm. knowledge. That that's right. for me is the top thing. Yeah. I love to let people know things, and sometimes I feel like I'm like I shouldn't say anything because I I seem like a know it all, but I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it's like. Uh, but is, is it being a know it all when it's just when you're just giving facts? I mean, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, once again, give everybody the details of. Your podcast about the Wrestling Society podcast, Wrestling Society Network, all that good stuff. All right. You can find me on the Wrestling Society Network. We have a YouTube page. Uh, We have every Sunday we do a podcast. Um, we have different shows. We have uh, the B&B show. We have the vault. We have um, Clayton's. Oh God, Clayton, don't hate me because I can't remember. I went blank again. <laughs> but we <laughs> we have a bunch of different shows. We have our 2K promotions that is um starting second season, May 27th. Um you can show um we're on all social media, and my personal one is a bear of a wrestling fan on Facebook. So thank you again, everyone, and please. Just keep supporting wrestling. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Because that's what how um, Joel and I we actually we were already good friends before we even found out we both liked wrestling. You know, yeah. so yeah. that just made it even better. Uh, so, but until we can actually meet again, Bear, my friend, because I know all of us, you know, we all got to go to bed, and 
we got people who are like, going, will you ever go to finish recording? Because like, I'm just right. Like, so <laughs> oh yeah, I've had. This is yeah. my. Say hi, Savannah. You're on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the chess prodigy. Yeah, yeah, my chess prodigy. She is fantastic. She is untouchable. I taught her how to play when she was like eight. I beat her twice. She's fourteen. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and my yeah. wife's actually in Jamaica right now. That's why, you know, she's wanting to, you know. Yeah, um, she's wanting to, yeah. Yeah, she did a trip because she has a travel, you know, she's part of a travel agency. And she, um, they asked her to go to help these things out in Jamaica. And she's like, oh, my God, it's so hot. I'm like, you're in Jamaica. I'm Ohio. Ohio sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but until we can talk again, my friends, I just say, got to say good night and God bless. Good night. God bless. God bless. God bless.